0: It's consuming fire to be used of God it is my desire. Ladies.
1: Well, let's take our Bibles tonight. Turn over to the book of Mark, the book of Mark. And again, we are thrilled and had a good service this morning, it seemed to me, and I appreciate the special music, the choir, uh, just all the ushers and nursery workers and everybody involved here uh, just this morning to make this happen, and again, there were folks out there in the parking lots and just uh, everywhere trying to make sure that people understood where they needed to be, how to get where they're going, Uh, just a lot of folks involved, and we appreciate all the uh, involvement. and <clears throat> you know everyone that was uh, taking uh, uh, their time to make that happen and again we're excited about that and truly trust that what the Lord did in hearts will long uh, may not be seen even on the immediate but will certainly be real recognized in eternity and uh, sometimes you know the Lord has to do some uh, smoldering in the heart you know and try to get some things broke down and we trust that everybody in this room was saved this morning. That's our goal. We hope they're all saved. hope everybody was. But then again, more than likely, that's not the case, is it? And uh, we're trusting the Lord to continue to work in lives. <clears throat> well, anyway, let's take our Bibles, as I said, Mark chapter 10. Beginning in verse 46, we're going to be back in near, uh, back to Jericho again here. And over here, we're going to meet a man by the name of Bartimaeus. And he's one of my favorite characters as well, him and Zacchaeus. I like Zacchaeus. I like Bartimaeus. I'm not going to get a chance to be as, uh, maybe, uh, probably won't be as uh, animated about Bartimaeus today as I'd like to get. But we do want to draw some parallels here as well. Look at chapter 10, verse 46. The Bible says, And they came to Jericho... And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still. That's interesting, isn't it? Isn't it amazing to think that because we cry out, Jesus Christ would stand still? Amen. Isn't that something? I mean, that's just that thought alone. I mean, you know, I've, I've dealt with people before, or talked to people before where I say, hey, uh, get, and they just keep on going. And I mean, here's the God. <clears throat> now, sometimes they just didn't hear you, you know. I've been accused of hating people because I didn't say hi to somebody or something. You know, well, I said hi to you and you never turned around and said hi to me. Uh, well, I didn't hear you, you know, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you Really, I don't do that on purpose And so that can happen, obviously But I've had situations where people just ignore you And it happens from time to time, you know There was a time, just a few weeks ago I was coming through here And there was a few people, hey, Pastor, Pastor I'm like, right through Well, I had to get somewhere very important And uh, I didn't have time to talk I didn't have time to discuss anything And, uh, you know, I wasn't trying to be rude. I just had an appointment. But nonetheless, those things can happen. But the reality is, is that in this case, to think that the God of heaven, the creator of the universe, literally walking down the street and a blind beggar cries out and he stood still. Yeah, stood still. That's that's just amazing. And so I just thought that was kind of interesting to me. I, I, I find that fascinating. He goes on to say then, I've got to find it again here. Here we go. And uh, the Bible says here in chapter uh, 10 again, verse 48, And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more. A great deal, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way. Thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Here we are again. Um, in Jericho. Jericho. This morning we mentioned Jericho. Today, we, tonight, we find ourselves in Jericho. And Jericho, of course, is a, a major city in Bible times. And Herod the Great fortified it and built a number of palaces there in his day. Matter of fact, when Herod the Great was dying, he made his way back to Jericho, where there he finally closed his eyes in death. The Lord restored sight to a number of blind men at, or at least near, Jericho. It was Jericho that Jesus accepted the hospitality of one publican by the name of Zacchaeus. The Lord's story of, a, of the Good Samaritan that we spoke of this morning is, takes place between Jerusalem and Jericho. And here tonight we find a blind man sitting by the highway side begging And as we're going to see that this encounter would hold more for us than simply a man receiving his sight, but it would give us a wonderful picture of sinful mankind and the glorious salvation of the Lord Jesus Christ. So many times the Bible has layers, and in every case it really does. And we talk about often, you know, there's a historical, there's a... um, prophetical, and, and there's a, you know, inspirational application to every passage. And uh, obviously, in this particular case, we see here that historically there's a man sitting by the, the roadside. He's going to be healed. He's going to receive a sight. Uh, but But we're also going to see that as we look inspirationally, we can see as we draw nigh to it, as we really dig into it, even prophetically, that there's more being said here. There's more at stake here. And God is really going to reveal to us once again the sinful state of mankind and the fact that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. So today I just want to talk a little bit about this blind man. And I want to bring four points, four simple points, and we won't be long tonight. But let's take just a few moments and see what we can glean and learn from the passage. So let's go ahead and pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, we again, we thank you for just this morning, the service, and for, Father, you speaking to hearts and working in lives, and, Lord, we thank you for just the simplicity of your word, and yet uh, the depth of it at times. Lord, it is beyond all of us. Lord, uh, you being the author, Father, we'd like to believe that we could have all the answers, but the reality is if we had all the answers, we would be gone. We thank you, Lord, that we have a word, a Bible, though, that gives us answers and shares you with us. Father, when it's all said and done, what I really need to know more about than any other thing in this world is you. And Father, that's true for each of us today. Speak to our hearts through this simple message tonight. May we learn something from this man, Bartimaeus. And Father, may you just help us tonight. May we be encouraged. In Christ's name we pray amen As we think about Bartimaeus and we look at him we notice a couple of things about this blind beggar First of all he was destitute He was destitute In verse 46 <clears throat> we read there and they came to Jericho and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people blind Bartimaeus the son of Timaeus sat by the highway side begging This is a man that's destitute. I mean, there was no government programs in that day. There really wasn't any way in which he could have uh, his needs met. He there finds himself begging, looking, hoping that somebody would come along and provide some substance for him. The truth is, is that as he hears this multitude ultimately showing up, coming out, he's probably thinking, man, this could be the mother load. I mean, this might be it. I mean, I, don't, I rarely hear that many people at one time coming out of the city, and here I am sitting on the, the roadside, the highway side, begging, this just might be it. I may just find myself with a major, major increase in income. But he's destitute. He's destitute. There he sits, begging. He doesn't have the comforts of home. He doesn't have a vehicle to take him from point A to B. He doesn't have the luxury of knowing that there'll be a meal on the table when he arrives home because he probably has nowhere to lay his head. He sleeps under the stars and he wraps himself in his outer tunic. He was destitute. But not only was he destitute and found begging... But this particular man, Bartimaeus, was desperate. He was desperate. If you become destitute, you probably will be very desperate. And he indeed was desperate. In verse 47, it says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. This particular beggar, this blind man, here he is sitting on the side of the highway begging, and he is extremely desperate. Man, when he hears this multitude, he gets excited, as I said. He thinks, just maybe, I may take in quite a bit more than normal, but all of a sudden, he hears the whispers Of a name that may be in that crowd. He hears the name Jesus. And he thinks to himself. Wait a second. That's Jesus. That's that healer. That's Jesus. That's that one guy. That's going around healing other blind men. And that's the man that's doing all them wonderful works. As a matter of fact. I've heard of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact. I was brought up to believe. That there would be a Messiah. And I'm confident that he is the Messiah. And I believe that only Jesus. He's my only hope. And I've got to get to him. I've got to reach him. And there he begins to cry out, and he he makes this simple statement. He he says, says, um, Jesus, thou son of David, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Or the name of thou son of David points to the Jew and Christ's Messiahship there, and there's no doubt that this man understands who he is dealing with. And he thinks to himself, this is it. As a matter of fact, this would be his last chance. This would be his last opportunity to meet the Savior, to be to be touched by the Savior, to be healed by the Savior, because it would not be long now. Jesus would be going to Calvary, and there he'd be dying, suffering and bleeding on behalf of the world. This was it. And so he cries out, Jesus, thou Son of David, have mercy on me. And they come along, his disciples, and they try to quiet him down. Oh, leave the master alone. He's too busy. Would you just quiet down? You're just being a a, a nuisance at this point. Oh, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. Well, he cried all the more, the passage tells us. He was desperate. You want to know why we don't cry out to the Lord more? We're not very desperate. You want to know why we don't pray like we ought to pray? You want to know why we're not in the Word of God the way we should be? Because we're really not desperate. The fact is today is that we're not desperate and therefore we have need of nothing. We think we have everything we need. We've got our cars and our homes and our houses. We've got our family and our friends. We've got everything we need. We don't need Jesus Christ because if we really did, we'd cry out. We don't because we really don't see ourselves as desperate. When's the last time you considered yourself desperate? Was it that time you received the phone call that said you had cancer? That time that you heard about a friend, family, or loved one that was in that horrible, tragic car accident? Was on the verge of life and death? Could it be when you heard about that person that was possibly, uh, would, would possibly be, be a paraplegic if indeed they could not do some miraculous surgery on their body? I mean, when is it that we become desperate? Is it on neighbor day as we pray and fast and we cry out to God because we're so desperate to see our neighbors, our friends and family saved? Maybe we're not. I'm saying if we were really desperate, don't you think we'd cry out? Bartimaeus was desperate. Extremely desperate. You want to know why? He was destitute. Oh, I'm sure if he had a car and he had a house and he had all the luxuries that we had possessed today, he probably wouldn't be crying out. First of all, he wouldn't be on the roadside begging, would he? I'm just saying, maybe, just maybe, the reason why we don't pray like we ought to is because we, like the Laodicean church in chapter 3 of Revelation, say, I have need of nothing. Need of nothing. Destitute and desperate. But not only do we see this blind beggar, Bartimaeus, destitute and desperate, but we see ultimately that he was directed. I think it's interesting in verse 49 through 51, Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called, and they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. They're going to point him now to the Lord Jesus Christ. All of a sudden, the very one they're telling him to quiet down. You're just being disruptive. You're causing a ruckus in the crowd. You're you're, you're just drawing attention to yourself. Leave him alone. He's got plenty to do. All of a sudden now, Jesus stands still. And he commands him to be called. And there they send him directly to the Savior. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? The blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight." In John chapter 14, verse 6, the Bible says, and you could quote it, I'm sure, Jesus crying out, says, I am the way, the truth, and the life no man cometh unto the Father, but by me. And the blind man was directed to the Lord, and the Lord, of course, is the way. He's the truth, and he's the light. Now you and I need to point people to Christ too if they're going to ever find their way. Did you you just hear what I said? We need to point people to Christ as well if they're ever going to find their way. Now, what does that mean? Well, look, if you will, in Romans chapter 3. We read it this morning. But notice what that means, really. Real basic. Real practically. Romans chapter 3, verse 10. And we're going to read verse 10 through 12 again. <clears throat> As it is written, there's none righteous, no not one, verse 10. Verse 11, there's none that understandeth, there's none that seeketh after God. Notice this, verse 12, they are all gone out of the way. <clears throat> that's interesting. Because that's where the we find the beggar, isn't it? He's out of the way. He's not in the city, he's outside the city. On the side of the highway. He is out of the way. And it says here, verse 10, As it's written, there's none righteous, yes. Verse 11, verse 12, They are all gone out of the way. They are together to become unprofitable. There's none that doeth good, no, not one. Do you realize that the majority of people in the world are out of the way? Biblically. And that's why they're, they're looking for direction in their life. That's why they're searching for purpose. Because they really, they're not in the way. They're out of the way. And you know, the one thing that we need to do, when people, we start talking about folks needing to know their purpose and trying to find the meaning of life, you don't find that in an occupation. You don't even find that in a relationship, although people will substitute relationships for the real deal. The fact is is that the only place you really find purpose and the meaning of life is in Jesus Christ and Him alone. There is no other means or way by which we find the real meaning of life and our purpose for existing outside of Jesus Christ. This blind man, he is out of the way, And when it came time, he cries out and begs the Lord to hear his cry. He is so desperate because he is destitute. And all of a sudden, Jesus stands still, hears his cry and says, get that guy over here. And they point him to Jesus Christ. They don't point him to one of the disciples. They don't point him to the temple. They point him directly to Christ because Christ is the way. How many times have we pointed people to a book, a magazine, a show, or some other means to solve their problems? We've done that. How many times have we given advice, and it did not include Christ, the way, to only send them a little bit deeper outside the way? We need to be so careful. <clears throat> when people are destitute and desperate, they're crying out for help, they don't need us. They need Him. Not only that, but we must point people to Christ if they're ever going to ever find truth. In John seventeen seventeen, 17, it says, sanctify them, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Real simply, it just said simply this, this book, the word of God is truth. It's truth. Now, how many times have you uh, dealt with one of your children, maybe, and um, you try to get a straight answer and you're thinking, you know what, they're not telling me the truth. You, You ever deal with that? I had a situation just today where that happened. In the bus thing. You know, I watched somebody do something. I, I asked them to fix it, to take care of it. Three or four times they wouldn't do it. And they did it, and they kept saying, I didn't do nothing. I didn't do nothing. I'm thinking, I just was standing here and watched you do it. Now, now all I'm saying is, I'm looking for truth. That's all I wanted. I understand that people make mistakes. I realize that folks do dumb things. I know that in my own life, I've not always followed through with what I should. And I know that I'm not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. But the one thing we're all looking for is truth. The one thing I can't stand and the one thing that I could not tolerate or put up with in my home was a liar. You can lie from me. You can steal from me. I'm not going to have a thief in my home either. And listen, all I'm saying is, is that when it comes to the Lord as his people, we too need to understand that he expects and demands truth from us. But where do we find truth? We really find truth in this book, the Word of God. Can you imagine if it would be that easy to find truth to just open a book? Because I know when I ask some of these bus kids or some of your children what the truth is, sometimes they don't give me the truth. And I think to myself, boy, I sure wish I could find the truth. Well, guess what? In my Christian life, I can. It's right here. Did you notice, hey, did anybody notice that I lumped your kids in with the bus kids? Because I'm about sick and tired of church people thinking their kids are better than the bus kids. If you only had to be a Sunday school teacher with your children and heard the stories I've heard, you'd know that it's okay to lump them in. As a matter of fact, they may be actually below them. I'm not joking. You'd be amazed some of the stories I've heard. The way they've tried to intimidate teachers and say things like, well, my mom and dad won't let you do that to me. Where in the world do you get a story like that? How in the world does somebody ever come to that conclusion as a child? That's amazing. I'm not allowed to say that stuff, so we'll move on. <clears throat> now, you're saying, well, that's not my kid. Well, good for you, and I hope that's the case. I'm just saying I've heard it in the past. I haven't heard it recently, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord I have. But then again, I don't have to listen to it anymore. Brad does. So anyway, maybe he has. I don't know. He's just smiling, so he probably hasn't. Some of you are all defensive. My kids are perfect. Moving on. (laughs) Moving on. No, I don't think anybody in here thinks that a bit. None of our kids are perfect. Because they come from imperfect parents, don't they? All right. He was directed. Truth. Man, here it is. I wish it was that easy to find truth all the time in my life. You know? Just. Ask the question to the the teller at the bank. You ask a question to somebody here. Hey, what about this? What about my car? You know, you're getting it fixed. You're telling me I need brakes and I need this and I need this and I need this. And you think to yourself, don't you? Are they telling the truth? You think that? I know I do. Now now I don't. Whenever certain people are working on it, but I do when I send it to some, you know, shop. I think that. Now now listen. I wish it was just as I wish it was that easy Uh, with them. As it is here, I wish I could just open that book That would say, here's truth, here it is Well, that's what the Bible does for us You never have to wonder what truth is In your Christian life, it's, a, it's written out It's spelled out for you, it's so simple But we don't, sometimes we don't Take the time to find the truth The truth's found here, it's not found In the latest documentary It's not found in the, the last book That was written by some human author Truth is not necessarily Found even in the words Of our loved ones and family members But where we do know truth reigns it's in that book right there. Without a doubt, we know that. We know that. And you know what? When the blind beggar cried out, because he was so destitute, he became so desperate, and now he's crying out, they direct him to Jesus Christ, who is the way, but he is also the truth. And so when we're dealing with people in our Christian lives, and there are people that are desperate, and they are destitute, and they're crying out for help, we need to point them to Jesus Christ. And we need to point them to the Word of God. It's all there is to it. See, the world is ruled by the father of lies. And in John eight forty four, it says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. Talking about Satan. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. That's who's ruling Our present world system. Every single person that is lost today has no clue where truth really reigns and where it really lies. Because the father of lies has deceived them. Why in the world do you think people are so quick to embrace quote, alternate lifestyles, unquote? You want to know why? Because they've been deceived And if you are one of those that has said, I don't care what the Bible says, I just think we need to love everybody and we just have to accept everything and we just have to be kind and loving no matter what people say or do and I can't judge anyone for anything, I'm just going to let it all happen under my nose and under my roof even, I just can't do that. Then you've been deceived, my friend. Because the Word of God is truth and you've chosen to neglect this truth. You, do, you, you don't realize how, how utterly destitute you are in your outlook and how desperate you ought to be. But the devil's is very good at causing people to digest the lies. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. Hey, Bartimaeus, you're crying out because you're so desperate. Let me point you to the only one that can help you, and that's Jesus. And that's His Word. Because as we'll find, it will be His Word that heals it. And finally, life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. He cries out... And comes out and says over in the book of John, remember he's dealing with Lazarus, and he's actually Lazarus is dead now, and and Martha and Mary are there, and they're whining and crying, and oh, hearts are broken. If only you'd been here, if only you had been here earlier, our brother would still be alive. And Jesus says, you don't know this, ladies, but I purposely delayed the trip so I could raise him from the dead. Well, remember, if you read back beyond that, they said, "But we better be going, Jesus." He's like, "Ah, we're okay. We got plenty of time." But, 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 my brother, he's gonna de- dead. Yeah, he is dead. You're right. <laughs> now we can go. He shows up there, and of course, he says to Mary and Martha, "I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Isn't that something?" And they're thinking, "Yeah, I know, but..." And that's in the resurrection. That's, I mean, that's way off yet. We'll never see our brother now for a long time. He says, no, you don't get it. I'm going to raise him now and prove that I am who I claim I am and exp- exp- share that power and let make sure everybody knows that I am the son. Life. You want your friends and family to really know what life's all about? You don't start living till you get saved. You really don't live till you're saved. You're dead as dead can be. You are spiritually dead, the Bible says. Dead in trespasses and sins, according to Ephesians chapter 2. And we are quickened, the Bible says, made alive in Christ. Boy, we need to point people to Jesus Christ. Because He is the way. He gives them meaning in life. Provides them with purpose for existing. His word is truth. And He is truth. And he is life. Point them there. So he's directed to Jesus Christ. Then we see blind Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus, he's destitute, he's desperate, he's directed. But finally, he's delivered. He was delivered. That's a wonderful thing. Verse 52, the Bible simply says in, um, i got to get back to it here, chapter um, 10 of Mark. I'm going to turn back over there. I didn't memorize that chapter yet verse 52 and Jesus said unto him go thy way thy faith hath made thee whole and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way notice that he followed Jesus what? that was kind of good isn't it? I like that he was delivered he's healed by Jesus Christ we see first of all his dependence we could say faith really but I had to have D's so dependence and faith okay cuz you you know yeah you faith you depend right so anyway dependence is faith it says flat out and jesus said to him go thy way thy faith hath made thee whole i think it's interesting too and i i want to draw your attention back just a little bit notice verse 50 would you notice what happens here and he casting away his garment rose and came to jesus now this is this is good because Here he is sitting on the side of the road, begging. He he hears the Lord, you know, he hears this, this multitude coming by. He gets excited, thinking he may just have hit pay dirt. But then he realizes he's really hit it, struck it big, because he hears the name Jesus in the crowd, and he's like, wow, this is it. This is my final chance. I've got to get a hold of Jesus. He can heal me. He cries out. He cries out, oh, thou son of David, you know, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they're going, quiet, quiet. Oh, thou son of David, have mercy on me! You've got to wonder. I mean, I know he cried out all the more, it says. And all of a sudden, Jesus stands still. He calls out for Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is sitting here now. He's he's got his his outer garment on. Heavy garment. Pretty heavy. The reason it's heavy is one of the reasons is, is because he wears that to sleep and he wraps himself in it at night. He realizes as a blind beggar, he, he, he doesn't have the kind of comforts that most people have. He doesn't have any money. He doesn't have a home. He, he's really destitute indeed. And so he uses this outer garment, this cloak of his to cover himself. It's very thick. It's heavy. It's large. And all of a sudden, the Lord calls out for him. He says, hey, go get the, the Lord's crying out of go, you. Go to him. And I don't know how in the world he sees him. He I, I just must hear the voice or something. But either way, the Bible tells us here that he, he casting away his garment. Now, you've got to understand what that means. That's his livelihood. That's how he exists, that garment. Without that garment, he cannot sleep at night. Without that garment, he does not exist and continue to exist. That is his home. But when he hears that Christ has called him and they point him to Jesus, you want to talk about some faith? He casts off the garment. He gets rid of, the, 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 of that particular, um, what do you want to call it? Thing he depends on. Security blanket. Yeah, that's a good one. Perfect. Perfect. And he says, I don't need this anymore because when I walk away from this encounter with Jesus, I will no longer be blind. That's what he's really saying. Now that's faith, friend. That's faith. Hey, the the master's calling for you. I mean, they say to him simply this, be of good comfort, rise. He calleth thee. Okay. Rips it off. He's thinking, I don't want to trip over it. I don't want to look like a fool getting to Jesus. I got to hurry. And he's walking. Jesus! And Jesus is going, just stand there, just kind of smiling proudly. Kind of, yeah, I've been here, done this. This is going to be good. He comes running in, and they stop him. They hold him right there before Jesus. And then he just simply says to him, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? I mean, can you imagine? I mean, what faith? To leave that garment, to leave his past behind. That's faith. His desire, again, what what would thou have me to do? He says to him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. I can can almost imagine him thinking, what are you talking about, man? I can't see. You know I can't see. I I just want to see. That's all I want to do is be able to see. That's his desire. We see his delight. In verse 52, the very beginning, Jesus said, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. Man, all of a sudden, he can see now. Go your way. Your face made you whole. And he's like, all right. Oh, I never saw that before. Wow. Can you imagine how he responded? I'm sure he just went, I can see. Oh, isn't this wonderful? No, he didn't do that. I'm sure he was excited. It's amazing when God touches you and changes your life and gives you sight for the first time in your life. I don't know about you, but it kind of bothers me when people get Satan. and they're not excited about it. That's kind of a bother to me. That, that upsets me a little bit. I start to wonder, my, you know, were you really in darkness? And if you were, are you even out of it yet? And finally, note Bartimaeus' direction. His direction. It goes on in 52 to say, and immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. What it's saying is, He opens his eyes, and the first thing he saw was what? What do you think? Yeah. Can you imagine? The Lord's looking right at him. He's talking to him face to face. He says, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And he's like, boom, there he is. Can you imagine? The first sight he ever saw was the face of his creator and Lord Jesus Christ. That's amazing. And you know what? His way is clear at that moment, isn't it? He knows exactly where he's going. He's following the Savior. I mean, he has no home to go back to. He's just a blind beggar sitting on the side of the road. He doesn't have any family probably because if he did, they'd have taken him in his home. I don't know. I'm just saying it seems to me that this guy is truly desperate because he is destitute and the fact is he sees Christ for the first time in his life and he says, I now know the way. (laughs) I'm I'm in the way now, man. I'm not out of the way anymore. I'm in the way. I'm walking with Christ. And may I say to you today that He is the way. And you know what? If you want to live life and you really want to experience the kind of life God wants you to, you've got to get close to the Lord and stick with it. What do we learn here? Obviously, you and I, we've already talked about it quite a while and we're, we're done really. But He was destitute, desperate, directed, and ultimately delivered. I mean, blindness is a picture of a lost man in the Bible. That's as simple as it is. Look, if you will, in Second Corinthians chapter 4. We'll look at just a few verses and we're done. Second Corinthians 4, 3 through 4. You know, the truth is, is that most of us would experience greater joy. And, and I, I'm just going to say this, and, and I hope you're not one of them, but I probably, I'm pointing at myself here. Most of us would express greater joy if we were blind and received our sight than the fact that we received eternal life. get more excited about that. The truth is we'd get more excited about a family member getting their sight restored than getting their soul saved. I mean, that's a reality. Who, who are we kidding? I mean, we'd be like, yes! I'm telling everybody. Man, that doctor's name was so and so, and they did this miraculous surgery. And this doctor's the best ever. He is the best. Man, you need a doctor for your eyes? I'm telling you what, he said, oh, you can't believe it. He did that surgery. Now my, bro- my brother can see. He's never saw before. He can now see. It's amazing. He couldn't see for years, and now he sees. It's awesome. Man, I'm so happy for you. I'm so excited for you. Getting your sight back, it's got to be glorious. they get saved and we go that's good i'm glad you got saved brother i'm really happy for you that's a blessing and usually that's about as far as it goes i'm not i'm not trying to i'm not trying to be a, a killjoy here i'm just saying what is it that makes us excited what fires us up man i mean the physical that lasts for a few years or the eternal that lasts forever We see with physical eyes. Notice Second Corinthians 4, 3-4. through 4. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world, Satan, hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. What's, what is he saying? Look at blinded the minds. Blindness is a picture of being lost. A picture of being lost. Ephesians 4, let me read it. Verse 17 This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind, verse 18, having the understanding darkened by being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Verse 19, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. Notice again, through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Blindness is a picture of the lost man, the lost woman, blind, cannot see, spiritually blind, dead unto the Lord. And Bartimaeus provides tremendous insight into the plight of the lost and their greatest need. And their greatest need is the same as ours, Jesus Christ. It's always the same. The question is today, how desperate do you feel? Because when it's all said and done, we don't need till we need. And I want to encourage you to get desperate. The psalmist said, I stretch forth my hands unto thee, my soul thirsteth after thee as a thirsty lamb. When's the last time you were really Thirsty for God and the things of God. I mean, really thirsty to where you begged and cried out to God with all your heart To to, God, I just want you to be real to me. I just want you to reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. I want to experience you like never before. Because, Lord, you are the way. You're the truth and you're the life. And you're the only one that can truly meet my every need. And I'm going to depend on you to do that. Father, we come to you.